0: The Start On demand. On demand.
1: Congratulations to Connor Hellebach of the Winnipeg Jets capturing the Vezina Trophy as the NHL's top goalie. North Dakota has a smaller population than Manitoba, but way more COVID-19. Why? And on the subject of North Dakota, we spent a lot of time this morning talking about your favorite memories of crossing the border into North Dakota, and an angry Atlanta Falcons fan has quit the team in glorious fashion, penning an amazing resignation letter. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Tuesday, September 22nd podcast for The Start. Kling McGarry and McNabb, thank you so much for joining us this morning. On the start, beautiful morning so far. Depending on which forecast you look at, I mean, we just heard uh, Kayla talking about you know it could be a breezy day, but uh, just pick
2: the best one. Which one looks the best?
1: Well, do you ever do that? Because oh, I have yeah. like seventeen weather apps. Yeah. That's an exaggeration, but I have multiple weather apps, and I just went. I looked at the global forecast in Environment Canada. And I'm thinking, I don't like these. So I'm going to look at the Weather Network and I'm going to look at AccuWeather and uh, I'm going to go with the one I like the best. I guess it
0: depends if if you're trying to sell yourself on a trip to the golf course or to convince yourself today is a day to stay in bed. That is really, (laughs) all depends on what your ultimate uh, goal is in in examining these different forecasts.
2: No, you just keep shopping until you find the one that sort of fits just your mood. I like that. I'll take this app today and you pretend the others are all false. Yeah, and tomorrow you'll wake up and do it all over again.
1: Because the weather network tends to be the most apocalyptic when it comes to wind forecasts. <laughs> uh, they they'll often like over. They'll often like aim for the the sky to, for the stars. And the wind's going to be seventy kilometers an hour, and it's not even close. But today they've got it up to thirty. But uh, Global and Environment Canada have it south up to fifty. So I'm 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 hoping that our that our friends at Global are incorrect. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, you know, when you see 27 degrees on the first day of autumn, you have to be skeptical. There's a reason that yeah. temperature is making its way to southern Manitoba. And typically it's on the heels or at the front of a southerly wind. So yeah.
1: it was wind breezy yesterday. It was, it was not
0: awful. a nice day yesterday, as warm <laughs> as it was. It was not fun being outside. And especially if you were in a parking lot that isn't very well maintained all the different dust and garbage and stuff flying around i found myself in one of those yesterday loren and i just i just i do i even park my car here (laughs) (laughs) i was concerned for, for for damage from sand and stones it was that windy and uh that oppressive
2: it reminds me of when Casey Gibb used to do traffic reports from the Chopper and he sometimes would just see crazy things blowing in the wind and it would just be like Bag of Doritos really just swirling through the sky, right? Like <laughs> he would just spot the most random stuff because yeah, wind on the prairies, it creates almost that is it like a dervish? What would you call those things? Whirling it's dervish, yes. A whirling you know, it's cyclone. It's not a cyclone. Gosh. <laughs> a dervish. Stick with dervish.
1: Uh, cyclone was a basketball team. You know, when a we were just. The wind tunnel.
0: We were just talking basketball. We start these conversations with uh, about six seconds before we have to come on the air. <laughs> I was talking about the fact that there's a there's a professional basketball league in Canada, Lorraine, and they're looking at Winnipeg right now to add to the mix. And and Brett says, are they going to call them the Thunder? <laughs> and then Brett has to st- give the temperature, so that conversation is sort of hanging in the studio <laughs> right now because oh we, we take advantage of every single second to talk about stuff that we're not talking about on the air, but here we are talking about it as our microphones I mean, that, are
2: on. The terrible thing about this is that Brett can't really handle any more sports teams in this city due to the hat situation I think he lives under so I, I feel like it'd be best if we didn't have any additions but great for fans.
1: I do have two Winnipeg Thunder hats. So, I know you do. Yeah. yeah. Okay so
0: the Gold Eyes got mentioned in the news. Yep. You've just mentioned the Cyclone and the Thunder. Yep. Winnipeg Jets, hello! Yes. Their first major award since coming back to Winnipeg NHL 2.0 their first major award. Connor Hellebuck gets the Vesna Trophy and he's the first Jets goaltender In any era to win a Vesna trophy uh, 1.0 or 2.0. So, congratulations to him and absolutely terrific accomplishment. And when you talk about a lot of guys like to deflect to the team, Connor Hellebuck won the Vesna trophy despite and in spite of the defense that was in front of him last year. He faced more shots than any other goalie, played more minutes, faced more. Quality chances by the other team. He, he very much earned that award. Uh, you could you could argue all on his own. So congratulations to number thirty-seven. You guys, yeah, it was but- pretty
2: cool to see that. Just because the name, like you said, we've been we've been contenders before, but we've never really won in anything. So that's nice. You know what? If we have to win, if we can't win the Stanley Cup, I guess I guess this is feels pretty good.
1: You guys both texted around the same time. I think it was shortly after six. Was that televised or were you just watching social media for that? Yeah, it was uh, televised. Uh,
0: It was very awkwardly done. But what else were they going to do? I didn't see the Emmys. I heard you guys discussing how poor the Emmys were in terms of a broadcast. Uh, This was probably worse and I didn't see the (laughs) Emmys. Uh, So, But hey, about a quarter to six. We found out that uh, Hellebuck had been awarded uh, the Vesna trophy and uh, much better than sitting through a two hour award ceremony as they typically do. The NHL has their awards in Vegas for the last few years and uh, it's just schmaltzy. And so this was, yeah, just cut to
1: the chase. They handed out five awards in 30 minutes. Okay, yeah, just the, the the timing, I thought, are they trying to get the early bird special? Yeah, <laughs> yeah a little bit. <laughs> They're
0: cramming it in before the pregame show before last night's uh, Stanley Cup uh, game two.
1: Okay, and we'll have details on that coming up in sports at 625 with Kelly Moore. Also, one of the things we're going to be talking about today, Loren, is that, uh, what's this about Winnipeg heading in the wrong direction? Yeah.
2: Well, Dr. Brent Rusin, that was one of his quotes yesterday that we're heading in the wrong direction right now. And you know, he said it repeatedly, get back to the fundamentals, keep your distance, maintain your six feet, uh, wash your hands, all those kinds of things. But the numbers continue to tick upwards. So we're going to have a couple of chats throughout the day just about where Winnipeg is going and how that looks. And we're also going to talk about how Manitoba compares to North Dakota. We've got some Numbers that just really blew my mind yesterday. North Dakota has actually a smaller population than Manitoba, but right now about 10 times the number of active cases. In fact, they've had 18,000 COVID cases overall compared to about, uh, I think, 3,500 for us or just shy of 4,000. And so, yeah, we're going to have a chat about North Dakota because a lot of us aren't going there as we so often would because of COVID, because of those border closures, Brett. And so that's going to be something we talk with Joe Scarpelli after eight about, but also in... Having coffee.
1: That's right. Coming up at 645, we want to give out a large two-topping pizza for Santa Lucia. We're going to give that away after 915, but you can text us at 204-780-6868. I think, I I don't want to assume we've all been to North Dakota, but in terms of a quick road trip to the U.S., I think you know almost everybody I know has bad least been to Grand Forks.
0: Well, I've told you the story about when we decided we needed a pogo ball for my youngest brother. Yes. So we just jumped in the car, couldn't find one in Winnipeg anywhere, so we just went to Target. <laughs> Grand Forks had some Taco Johns or something and turned around and headed back buy anything at the border. They wanted to know, yeah, we bought this pogo ball. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> How much was that? $30, sir. Anything else? Nope. Just the pogo ball.
2: Oh, I can't right decide to talk more about the <laughs> I was just going to say, I can't, I can't decide to talk more about the pogo ball or about the U.S. now because once again, I'm derailed thinking about that thing making its way down your street, Sorry, Greg. Buddy. But that's okay. Hey, in our part of the world growing up, it was Bismarck Mandan the dual city that you'd make a trek to from Minidosa and or down to Minot. Oh, so, Minot. Oh, yeah, okay, Minot.
3: yeah.
1: It's Mackling McGarry McNabb, Tuesday, September 22nd. It's my sister's birthday.
2: <laughs> and your birthday. Happy birthday, Brad. Thank
1: you. Thank you, you don't very talk
0: much. about the fact that you're a twin very often.
2: No. No, I don't know.
1: It's it's one of those things that everyone always says you're a twin, and I I guess just because that's it's always been that way for me. So it's to me, it's just she's my sister. It's I don't know. I well, guess it's neat.
0: Happy birthday to your sister.
1: Right on. <laughs> I will talk. add to you too,
0: buddy. Happy birthday. Are we sharing the number? Yeah, 43. The big 4-3. Yes. yeah.
2: We have to because it finally puts us back at the same age. I don't like the four months or three months when we're not. It's too much opportunity to call me the oldest. I don't like it.
1: I do remember uh, uh, when we first started working together, I think I suggested you were older than me. And
2: you're like, by like four months. Come on. That's <laughs> why I don't like it. So finally, you are in my company.
0: Who's older between you and your sister? Because this is a big deal between
1: yeah. my boys. As to who's older. Who's older? 11 minutes she has She's senior by 11. Apparently she came flying out. Like the doctor almost dropped her. So I surmise that I was in, because we came out, I think, six weeks early. Okay. So I suspect I was inside saying, that's it. Let me out. You you kicked her out. Yeah. 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 Because she was smaller than me when we were babies and she's like a foot shorter than me now. Uh, So I suspect that I was in there just saying, that's it. Let's go. Let's get out. I want some, I want a bacon cheeseburger. I'm hungry. I'm tired of this uh, inside this womb nonsense. Let's go.
0: Now, my boys get this all the time. But do you, do you ever get, yeah, I have a twin sister. Do you ever get the follow-up question? Are you identical? Yes, all the time.
2: (laughs) Why? That is so funny. Like, did nobody take grade seven biology? <laughs> mm, there's one. Miss, we're identical, Stone, but there's one large difference. My biology teacher, Mr. Stone, would be very upset with people's inability to understand the basics of an egg.
1: <laughs> but hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for playing that tune. Uh, yeah, it's my birthday, and indeed, I will will of course be golfing later, which is why I was looking at the various wind forecasts and shopping. For wind forecast, <laughs> so hoping for a nice sunny day. No better gift to yourself, and right? Don has shared an incredible memory for North Dakota. Just want to quickly mention this before we get, before we actually move from the snow to the ice. Uh, we are we're asking you to text us your North Dakota road trip memories for our next segment. And Don, uh, says he t- was uh, in January 97, I was stranded in Pemina for three days by the snowstorm that later became the uh, flood of the century. I'll send a pic in a few minutes. And yeah, he's sent a picture here with trucks, semi-trucks just buried in snow. He says the wind packed the snow to the consistency of cement. So boy, oh boy. I thought that storm was later though. Wasn't that in April? The big one? The big
0: blizzard? Yeah, it was
2: April.
1: I guess there
0: was one in January as well. Okay. I wasn't living here at the time, so I can't go by the memory bank. I
1: apologize. You guys are on your own on this one. Okay, yeah. So maybe there was a storm down there that contributed to it, Loren?
2: Well, there was a lot of snowfall that year, so I think the warnings were already... Um, they weren't high. I th- I believe, actually, there was, a ma- there was major snow that year, but they thought they might be in the clear until that April snow event that sort of led to the storm of the century but if you had experienced the storm at any point in that year then you're going to have those memories of the flood so yeah that's um the pictures are incredible and i i bet you he's one of thousands of manitobans who have been stranded on that highway at some point because like our drive south in manitoba you get to the wide open plains in north dakota and you know if there's a storm warning your odds are that that highway might get shut down so if you're ever heading south you pretty much have to add in that asterisk should be back monday could be Tuesday, just depending on how that all goes.
0: Yeah, any point between November and May, you have to put that qualifier in for sure. Yeah, that's where you go. I should have
1: bought a pickup truck and not a Honda Civic. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was exactly what I felt uh, one day when I got stuck at work and had to dig myself out on 930 Portage. Uh, but in the meantime... Ah! I was wondering why you are playing this music earlier, Greg. It now makes sense. The dots have been connected because it was a hella good evening for Winnipeg Jet Connor Hella Buck as he collected the first ever major NHL award for the Jets in their 2.0 incarnation.
3: Well, you know, it's, it's, it's great. Um, almost feels like getting a little bit of a monkey off my back after saying that. But um, now I really am looking forward to the next one. And the next one's going to be very glorious. And that's uh, winning a cup uh it's not going to be easy and it's going to be not just me there's going to be a whole team in front of me that are all going to have to buy in and and kind of like we did this year and just battle and grind and i think i think we have the locker room for it and it's only going to get better and i'm really excited for that grind
0: and what a grind it was no goalie played more hockey than connor hellebuck in the 2019 2020 regular season in my mind i'm going to connect the dots one more time Pun warning, there was no doubt that Hellebuck would collect the Vesna trophy as the league's top goaltender, but you never know for sure how the league's general managers will vote when it comes time to do so. The 27-year-old Michigan product led all goalies in saves, appearances, shots, faced, and shutouts last season. Hellebuck was a finalist for the award in 2018.
3: Well, it's very rewarding and almost a little bit of a sigh of relief because I was so close last time and... Uh, I wanted it so badly and this year was just such a such a mental grind but also so fun um, and I w- would have liked for playoffs to go a little bit better but you know when I'm looking back on this year I'm going to say we did some great things.
2: Some more numbers for fans so Hellebuck recorded 31 wins with a 2.57 goals against average and a nine. 0.922 save percentage with six shutouts. This on a team which underwent a massive overhaul in defense and a team which gave up a ton of shots. Many of them, which led to, as we know, quality chances for the other team. He was the biggest reason the Jets were even involved in the play in portion to the restart of the NHL season leading to this playoffs that we're currently in. And of course, Hellebutt beat out to Rask of the Boston Bruins and Andre Vasilecki of the Tampa Bay Lightnings. No, Vasilecki. Someone say that name for me. Vasilecki.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to set you up for that. I want to say Vasilecki,
2: but I was like, I already heard Kelly Moore use a Zed Vasileski. So of the Tampa Bay Lightning, here were the other two finalists. Oh,
0: I feel bad now. I thought I had spelt it out phonetically for you. Hellebuck finished sixth in the voting for the heart trophy and so if I have a gripe this morning uh, the heart trophy goes to or supposed to go to the player judged most valuable to his team Leon Dreisaitl of the Oilers received that recognition you could argue that Hellebuck was as deserving of the heart as he was the Vesna, as good as he was this season the Jets goaltender was also named to the league's all-star team the first all-star team now can you believe this he says he wants to get even better
3: well, right now we're going to really analyze everything that happened this year and really try to improve on anywhere that I feel like I could stop a couple more pucks. And um, it might, might be my new areas, but, you know, those are going to go a long way. So uh, it's going to be taking, taking my game and making it even more complete.
1: Hey, don't feel bad about the name stuff, by the way, Loren. When I first started familiarizing myself with all these Winnipeg Jets, looking at looking at Hellebuck's name, for example, I'm like, how do you get Hellebuck out of that? Like, is it Hella Hellebuke? I feel bad for the guy because a lot of people probably bungle his name. And Mark Scheifele, I always want to say Mark Scheifele or Mark Scheifele yeah, or right? Bifuglian. Yes, exactly. Yes, right. So yes, not easy. <laughs> Hellebuck has become famous for his eye exercise, by the way, which are featured in his GIF. Or GIF if you prefer, on the Jets app you can download for your phone and staring at the TV camera as he puts on his equipment before games. One of the people he mentioned last night in speaking to the media via a Zoom call was his coach, his goalie coach, Joe Clark, when Hellebuck played with the Odessa Jackalopes. What a great name, the Jackalopes, out of the North American Hockey League. Is that a real thing? The North American Hockey League? <laughs> yes. It's the North American Ice Hockey League I exists? set you up for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> the North American Ice Hockey League along his road to the NHL. And he was asked, how did you improve your mental game?
3: Years and experience and having the right people around you. Um, and one guy that I always have around me is Joe Clark. And I always give him multiple calls a year just, just to bring me back down or bring me back up to a level I need to be at Um, first is recognizing it and the second part is sometimes not caring about things and on the other end of that sometimes you do got to care a lot and put even more effort into things so I guess it's really just sitting back and taking a second to realize what's going on and where you need to be at and where you need to think your games at
2: so of course a gigantic achievement for Hellebuck and the Jets and it's often said the team with the hottest goalie in the playoffs will win the Stanley Cup. So we now have the best goalie based on the awards last night. The possibility of him becoming that playoff goalie we need has to be higher guys. I would that's our that's our guest this morning. we yes. will tell, but Let's either go. way, Let's congratulations to Helly.
1: <laughs> and by the way, a jackalope is a mythical animal of North American folklore described as a jackrabbit with antelope horns. The Horrifying. word jackalope is a portmanteau of jackrabbit and antelope.
2: They just took a cute animal and just horrified it two, up. Two
1: cute animals and just kind of well, smushed them the
2: together.
1: Mm. It made, well, it makes the bunny more menacing. And True. a great logo, too, of the Odessa jackalopes. <laughs> McGarry, and McNabb are going to be talking a lot today about North Dakota. They're just south of us, but they've got a lot more COVID-19. Why is that? So we're going to get into that at 8.07. But since we're talking about North Dakota, I was just looking at Greg saying, "Is it safe to assume almost all of us have at least been to Grand Forks or somewhere across the border in North Dakota. So let's chat about North Dakota memories, regardless of how... Even the smallest memory, I think, can still be very significant. So let's go around the horn here. We've got producer Jeff Forte. Jeff Braun is here. Kelly Moore is here. Uh, Kelly, I know you're, uh, you know, you're from out west, but you've been here a long time in various uh, sort of pockets of years. Ever been to North Dakota?
4: Oh yes, yeah. No, we used to go uh, down to Grand Forks and then uh, uh, to Fargo on on quite a frequent basis. I I remember. It was very early on. It would have been probably, I guess, '95 or '96 or something like that. I know we uh, made a trip down to Grand Forks to do a little grad uh, shopping for our oldest daughter, and um, and then I remember also going down there the year after the flood. So I guess that would have been '98, and and seeing how high the water had come up uh, in the park there. It was uh, <laughs> it, it was an eye opener, to say the least.
1: Wow. Where were about so that was in Grand Forks?
4: Yeah, that was. A, yeah, that was. There's a city park. Um, I don't remember, you know, exactly where it is. It's it's kind of in the middle of everything, I guess. But there there was. I don't know if it was kind of a wall or a statue or something, but it showed how high the water had come in the '97 flood. Wow!
1: And Jeff Brown, what about you? Uh, my best memory in North Dakota was in 1984, we went to the
0: town of Cavalier to watch uh, the movie Ghostbusters, which uh, I was eight years old, and it was a little bit intense for me in spots. It's still a scene I won't watch on a rewatch. Uh,
4: my little sister was five, though, and ran screaming from the theater about five <laughs> minutes into the movie, and her and my mom just sat in the car and waited while me and my dad watched the movie.
1: It <laughs> was a scary movie, and that gave you nightmares. Yeah. Oh, a it did. It When the crazy dog things come out of the chair, that part freaks me out. Forte, what about you?
0: Um, Mine would be when me and my parents, also with my uh, best buddy, went down to
4: Grand Forks and uh, saw the best band ever.
0: (laughs) The best band ever that nobody likes. (laughs) Okay, maybe not the best band ever, but uh, went and saw
1: Nickelback, and actually I looked it up, and it looks like they played there on July 24th, 2007. Was that at the Alara Center? That was... Okay, that's probably that's a great spot for a... You've uh, seen a pretty big show there, haven't you, Greg? Yeah, that would probably be
0: my best memory, was uh, my mom's 50th birthday. I came home from Calgary. My brother Kevin came home from Vancouver. All the siblings together, along with my mom, we drove down to Grand Forks to see the Backstreet Boys, who were my baby sister's favorite band. And uh, we were short one ticket. I didn't have a ticket tic- tic- technically, so my mom said, well, you go, you go with your brothers and your sister. I'll just enjoy a relaxing evening in the hotel. So uh, I went to see the
1: Backstreet Boys with all my sibs in Grand Forks. The BSB, the Backstreet Boys. That would have been a good show. What about you, Loren?
2: Well, living in Minidosa, we used to actually go to Minot or Bismarck more because that was kind of due south for us. So like Kelly said, lots of grad shopping. That's where I got my prom dress. But my big, my, my first time I think ever in Grand Forks was actually working for Global TV. And it made me realize, you know, we may have this line. That just this imaginary line that divides us I and mean, we look a lot the same, but man, are we different because this first story I was sent down there for, you know, how there was always kerfuffle, so to speak about the spraying of Malathion in Winnipeg by the fogging trucks. Yeah. Well, Grand Forks's airbase air base was using their Hercules to spray the city for mosquitoes. And I thought, uh-huh. There is the difference between the U.S. <laughs> and Canada. We're using trucks, and they were just dumping it just by a giant... carpet the whole city.
0: <laughs> I think they and still And I thought, oh, it. my
2: gosh, yeah. So just it was a good example of, you know, uh, how we're so much the same and so very, very different at the same time.
1: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have two. I, what is... What are we listening to here? This is
3: Ellis Cooper. Feed my
1: Frank sign, but uh, has a whole intro on it, which I did not know. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, That's the best. I thought we were like listening to uh, some ad on a Twitter page or something. I don't know. We have two things we got to do quickly here. One, we have passes. For Tickets and Treats, a Tickets and Treats pass for two for Landmark Cinemas. Call us now at 204-780-6868. Let's take call number 6, 204-780-6868. Second, when it comes to North Dakota memories, we're giving away a Santa Lucia pizza at 9.15. And uh, Loren, do you see Denny's text there? I,
2: I just read it. I love it. Uh, he writes, 1983 or so, family of six in an old Volkswagen van heading to North Dakota for spring break. The border guard asked if we had any firearms in the van. Dad replied, why? What do you need? <laughs> spring break was notably shorter than expected that year. We went to St. Ambrose Beach instead. Nice time there ends, but uh, didn't quite get the vacation they were looking for.
1: <laughs> I love the sense of humor, uh, and every so often you get one with a sense of humor, right? But for the most part, those border guards are, hey, they mean business, right? When's
0: the last time you were before a judge? Remember them <laughs> asking me that once? I didn't know what to answer. <laughs> Waiting a ticket? Never.
1: Listen to this text message from Dennis at 204-780-6868 on North Dakota Memories. On one trip to North Dakota, my best friend and I were new to GPS and Google Maps. We were at Costco and wanted to go to another for some shopping. We put the address into Google Maps and we began to drive according to the instructions given to us. We drove for approximately 15 minutes only to end up back in the Costco parking lot we had just left, (laughs) the store was across the lot from Costco. So I guess they wanted to go to another store. They drove 15 minutes, and then Dennis says, if we had just looked around. (laughs) It was the taxi driver app. That's right. Make sure you slow down at every before every green light to, in case it turns red. Uh, Dennis, thanks for that text at 204-780-6868. We're gonna, giving away a large two-topping Santa Lucia pizza based on your North Dakota memories just after 9.15. And we're talking about North Dakota this morning because we want to know anyone missing out on travel to the United States these days. Many Manitobans typically head to Grand Forks for back-to-school shopping, long weekends, and more. But none of that, Loren, has been happening over the past six months.
2: Yeah, and if you're coming from Winnipeg, that trip to Grand Forks is just a couple of hours, maybe two and change. And while we might be close distance wise, we're really far apart when it comes to dealing with the coronavirus and the numbers we're seeing in these two locations. Joe Scarpelli from Global News has been looking at the data for us and joins us now. And Joe, it's really important to remind our listeners that North Dakota's population around 800,000 is much smaller than Manitoba's, but the case count is so very different.
5: Morning guys. Yeah, there's a big gap in cases. We're talking about, about uh 16,000 uh 16, 000 case gaps since the beginning of uh the pandemic. So, here in Manitoba as we're all familiar with, we've had just over 1600 cases since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, 363 of those are active. North Dakota had uh, has had more than 18,000 total cases since March. Uh, 3,200 of those, a little more than 3,200 of those cases are currently active. Now, in North Dakota, the, they really saw those cases start rising in, uh, in August, but then it uh, really took off uh, in September. There are, n- are a number of reasons for, for the spike in North Dakota. And I uh, spoke to the vice president of health affairs and also the chief health strategist for the states. His name is Dr. Joshua Wynn. And I asked him why there is, uh, they're dealing with uh, such an issue over there. And he said uh, there are a number of reasons. One of them, he says, is that the virus is just naturally making its way to the center of the country. He also said the state has been doing a lot more testing. And when you do more testing, you're obviously going to find more cases. They've had university students arriving on campus since August and... Uh, uh, they've been kind of, a lot of these students have bringing the virus uh, into, into North Dakota with them. But there is also one m- other major reason for this. Uh, Dr. Wynn had this to say.
4: My fellow citizens probably let their
5: guard down a little bit. We got lulled into a false sense of security.
1: And I don't think all of us have been practicing the physical distancing,
5: hand washing, masks, and so forth, things that we know work. And we probably got a little careless. So I think if you put all of those factors
0: together, you see a significant uptick. So, Joe, of all those reasons for the spike in North Dakota, which appears to be the largest factor?
5: Well, you know, if you, all those reasons I mentioned, you have, uh, uh, we're we're here in the center of the country too. School started back up here too. So a lot of the factors uh, we have here in Manitoba as well. So if you look at our curve uh, compared to North Dakota's curve, it's fairly similar. We started off slow in March and then saw the numbers pick up towards the end of summer. But the difference is that we're seeing maybe a couple dozen cases in a day while they're getting anywhere from two to 500 cases in a day. So the biggest reason for that major gap we're seeing is behavior, and that's according to Dr. Craig Jenny. He's an infectious diseases specialist at the University of Calgary. Here's what he had to say. There's nothing different about the actual infectious agent. There's nothing different about the virus. Um, We could argue that geography, temperature, everything else is about the same. So it has to be us. It has to be what we are doing in our everyday lives. And what we have seen from numbers across Canada, including one specifically looking at Manitoba, is that our citizens tend to follow public health guidelines fairly closely. Now, Dr. Jenny, who you just heard from, says uh, it's important that we don't become complacent here in Manitoba because all we have to do is just look south of the border to see the consequences. Are masks mandatory there? No, so the governor has dismissed that idea. I've read uh, several local news articles. Uh, That question appears to come up quite often in North Dakota, but uh, the governor there has so far dismissed that idea. Uh, There are some people who do want masks, but I did speak to a lot of people there who are saying that uh, if it were to become mandated, there would be uh, quite a bit of a pushback uh, towards towards the government if he were to uh, mandate masks.
2: We've been, we're going to be talking to some businesses about just the challenges of cross-border travel and, and New Flyer does business in Minnesota, Joe. So there's the, the border issue. There's also a tourism issue. I can imagine we're missing out on tourists coming to Canada, but uh, they must be missing out on all the Canadians who typically flock south for back to school and fall shopping and all the rest this time of year.
5: Yeah, just about everyone I spoke to said, we miss you guys. Uh, we, we, we love having uh, Manitobans come visit. They do miss us. But uh, they're saying you know it it it's best right now to just stay away. Um, I I even asked you know what happens when uh, when travel restrictions are lifted. Uh, is it I've asked some experts. Would you recommend us coming? And they and I, I've been told that our, it, our, it's best for us to just follow public health advice and uh, just use your best judgment. Look at the case situation and uh, if if it, if it's low come on down you know if there was no travel restrictions now uh the the um the experts that i spoke to at the school there said i wouldn't recommend coming now they wouldn't even want to come to manitoba right now but uh, once those cases uh do start to come down it's uh we just have to listen to public health advice and uh, take it from there
1: global's joe scarpelli joining us live on 680 cjob joe thank you very much for this thanks guys Hackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning. In our next segment, we're going to talk to New Flyer about the challenges of doing business in the United States. During a pandemic, we have a Santa Lucia pizza to give away after 9.15 based on your text messages of North Dakota memories. And in fact, our question of the day, hot off the presses at cjob.com. Brought to you by Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness at 204 Talking a lot about North Dakota this morning. What's your favorite reason to visit North Dakota? Is it shopping and dining? Concerts and events? Outdoors? Maybe camping? Or just passing through? Cast your vote. CJOB.com. We'll throw that up on Twitter as well, at 680CJOB. But right now, we have to talk about what one very creative football fan, a frustrated football fan, has done with the Atlanta Falcons.
0: So we were visiting with Jake Thomas of the Blue Bombers earlier on Breakfast with the Bombers. He's played for the football team for more time than any other current member of the roster. We asked him if maybe he was thinking about retiring he said, no, he says, uh, I'll think about it as I get closer to January, which is what I do every year. And if we look at the history of the Winnipeg Jets, of course, last night was a big deal. Connor Hellebuck winning the Vesna Trophy, the first major award for this incarnation of the Jets. And uh, their first major uh, award of any type since 1993 when T. Mussolini won the Calder Trophy. You would forgive some Winnipeg Jets fans if perhaps over the years they've thought about retiring as fans nine years back in the NHL. Yep. They have two series victories, but they did get to that Western Conference final. And then 1.0 version of the Jets in 16 seasons, they won exactly two playoff series, not exactly blow, blow you away impressive. So yeah. this is something, and well, 29 years without a Grey Cup, You know where I'm going with this. It's not unprecedented to think about perhaps retiring from cheering for your team and packing it in. Well, Atlanta Falcons fans have had a rough couple of years. Go back to 2017. L.I. I'm not super good with my Roman numerals. I think it's 51. Sure, sure. We'll go with that. (laughs) Super Bowl 51 when the Falcons blew a 25 point lead in the last 18 minutes to lose the Super Bowl in overtime to the New England Patriots. Choke artists. And then last Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. I was not upset about this. I must confess because I do cheer for the Cowboys for the most part. They are my NFL team now. The Cowboys became the first team in 441 tries to beat an opponent that had scored 39 points without committing a turnover. This is uh, from Elias Sports Network. This is what the Atlanta Falcons did. They managed to not win this game. They blew the game, and on a short kickoff, it's called the watermelon kick is what the Cowboys are dubbing it. They completely choked, and I suspect that in the moment's hours following this heartbreaking defeat. We have the results here in, uh,
1: well, I was going to say pen and paper, but you know where I'm coming from. So this fan, who goes by the name on Twitter now, ex-Atlanta Falcons fan Harlan Shackelford, at Harlan H, so that's H-A-R-L-E-N underscore S, and he tweeted, Today was the last straw. Please respect my decision. I'm open to team recruiters. Thank you, Dallas Cowboys, for helping me come to this life-changing decision. And he has written a resignation letter which I shall read now dated September 20th, 2020 to the, and it's addressed to the Atlanta fall can'ts. I thought it said fail can'ts, but it's just fall can'ts. Dear the second best team to call Mercedes-Benz stadium home. It is with immense frustration and grief that I must inform you that I am resigning from my position as an Atlanta Falcons football fan, effective immediately following the second worst loss In NFL history, the first belongs to you and your implosive efforts in Super Bowl LI when you blew a 28-3 halftime lead against the Tom Brady-led New England Patriots. According to ProSwap, you had a 99.9% chance to win when you were leading 39-30 with 2 minutes and 33 seconds (laughs) remaining in today's game. That was before Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott found wide receiver Michael Gallup for a 38-yard gain to yes! your five-yard oh, line. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and the rest is history. After years of unwavering support and continuing to come back time after time following disappointment, today was the last straw for me. You've had since June 30th, 1965, to win the big game, and for 20,171 days. You've failed to do so. 20,171 days! In my 28th year of existence, I have decided to no longer embrace the suck. It is not me, it is absolutely and definitively you. Thank you for nothing except cheap game day tickets due to the consistent mediocrity you've continued to produce, failing to ever start the season as NFL champs. Thanks to you, I have learned a lot about the value of patience and humbling my expectations. I know you will probably write back and tell me that the door is always open to return. But let's be honest. We both know that's because you don't know how to close anything. Signed, Never again, Harland Shackleford.
0: Now, how old is Harland? Does he say how 28? Old is? He's only 28. Yep. So when he was referencing back to 1965, I'm thinking, okay, this is a longtime fan. He's been there through thick and thin, the Steve Bartkowski Bartkowski days, some of the some of the big disappointments they've had over the years. A 28-year-old
1: fan pulling the pin? Sorry, I'm just looking at his Twitter account. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he uh, There's another t- follow-up tweet here that says, Update, memorial service concluded. And uh, it shows him burying a bunch of Falcons memorabilia <laughs> in the back. And uh, let's see what music he's got here. <laughs> oh. Okay. Is that Sarah McLaughlin? Yeah, Sarah McLaughlin. Did he
0: bury it or did he burn
1: it? He's burying it. Oh,
0: so which means he can recover it later.
1: I guess, yes. But there is, the music changed. Uh, I don't know if you caught that. Hang on a second here. Where is it? <laughs> oh, and he's dancing. He's dancing hmm. at the end as he completed his burial.
0: Now, I get it. I've been through a lot of frustrating times through my... Years as a sports fan, and uh, I love to pick losing teams for some reason. Some of you will be young, yeah, because you're a loser. Well, it's because I'm very loyal to my teams. And so when they eventually do win, it is extremely rewarding. So getting on and off the bandwagon is not a ton of fun. I've just always decided to stay on the bandwagon. I guess the question is for our listeners, have you ever decided that enough is enough? Have you formally or informally ever buried all your memorabilia from a team, shipped it off to Goodwill, yeah. burnt it? You were a you're a Cubs fan. Yes, sir. Since I was a well, since I was about 13 I was a Cubs fan. What was their stretch of futility? 104 years or something yeah. ridiculous like that?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I never had I was in when it came to basketball, that was always my big sport. I always liked the Los Angeles Lakers. They won tons of championships. Sure. But uh, my stretch of futility was not cheering for a specific team, it was cheering against one specific team, mm-hmm. which we've discussed before Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And as I watched Michael Jordan lead his team to six NBA championships, I finally quit because I was upset after the last one. Because I get you invest in a season. Of cheering against Jordan and the Bulls, and Jordan wins every time. And I finally said to myself, What am I doing? Were, Why am I upset about this?
0: Because you were fighting a losing battle to yeah. begin with.
1: I gave up on sports. Like, that's what we joke about that I'm not into the sportsings and whatnot. That's it's Michael Jordan's fault. It's Michael Jordan's fault. I, listen, I always respected him, but I just couldn't take having to watch him win all the time because I did end up getting invested in the teams he would eventually defeat. But uh, yeah, sports—the agony of defeat. Yep. it's a real
0: thing. No question about it. We live and die with these teams, uh, figuratively for the most part. Uh, it's a very interesting letter. I love the resignation. Very creative. Less sympathetic because the guy's only twenty-eight years old. Though I got I've got
1: to say that. But that means he's been a Falcons fan over his entire life. That's a good point. As it's long fine. as he's been alive. You he's can sell no... me on it.
0: I'm just saying that's my immediate reaction. I w- was <laughs> thinking this guy was older than me and had been through so many more ups and downs with this team because they had been sort of good at some point, but yeah. never really. Obviously, they can't make it to the top of the heap.
1: And he also had to sit through sit in the Georgia Dome, I imagine, which is maybe the ugliest stadium that's ever been built. That's why they blew it up good. real good. 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 <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. And we want to continue our conversation now about North Dakota. We do have that pizza up for grabs in our next segment. We're giving away a large two-topping pizza for Santa Lucia based on your text messages, your North Dakota memories, and... When it comes to going to North Dakota, I think one of the reasons why a lot of people like to go is it's just a quick trip. You can actually answer the question of the day at cjob.com. What is your favorite reason to visit North Dakota? And your choices are shopping and dining, concerts and events, outdoors, camping, or just passing through. Question of the day brought to you by Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness, 204-832-6243. But yeah, I think that may be part of the, the what makes it neat is that you drive two hours and you're outside of Canada. Yeah, you get a little bit of a break. What do they say? It changes as good as a rest. And you have better cell phone service probably than anywhere <laughs> yeah, in Canada. Better highways. I remember it wasn't North Dakota, but it was Minnesota. So we went down like to the, uh, like southeastern Manitoba, like right by Buffalo Point. And just a tiny little border crossing there. Super friendly uh, border uh, guard at you know to get us into the United States. I can't. Is it War Road? That's right across the border, I think. And I have never seen my cell phone at full like a full five or six bars or whatever it was. Like, what? Look at this signal was, I'm getting here. It was
0: bulging in yeah. the top right corner of your phone. <laughs> what is going on here? Power overload. I yeah,
1: didn't know what to do with it. Uh, so, yeah, but it's cool to, to be able to cross the border and walk into a gas station and see all these different potato chips and stuff. It's just sort of neat. It's a different culture. We,
0: we like that. We dig it. The options uh, for dining out are a little bit different. And, uh, of course, the alcohol is much cheaper, which I helps. was
2: going to say, why why have we not not talk more about Happy Harrys when we were talking at six forty five about right my favorite in. American trips. I almost just said Happy Harrys and then shut off my mic, and so I was. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it's cheaper for sure. The alcohol, the cell phone signal is better. Your dollar, though, depending on your dollar, can really hamper your shopping experience. And truthfully, I think I need someone to take me on a guided what to do and what to look for when in the States while shopping for the best deals because I've never really understood it. Like everybody else goes there and it always comes back with you won't believe with what I what I paid for this story, except for me. Like, I don't have those stories ever because I don't, I don't, I don't seem to be going to the right places.
1: My mom was a master at that stuff. She yeah. and her friends, the, the, the Twisted Sisters baseball team, they'd head down to the States and they'd go on a shopping trip and, and uh, whoop it up. But uh, <laughs> I always found that, that uh, shoes were cheaper in the States. I've gotten some amazing deals on shoes. Um for me my the, the the memory that I have and part of when we set up this conversation was like doesn't matter how small the memory might seem at first like we had said to Forte hey you ever been to Grand for- or to North Dakota he's like yeah you got any memories no like not a single memory Jeff Forte well I went to see Nickelback at the, and we're like, that's pretty cool, man. You saw it Nickel- was pretty cool. Yeah.
5: The best band ever.
1: <laughs> we went to see, to the Alaris Center, which is a huge arena slash stadium, and saw Nickelback. And say what you will about Nickelback. They're a great Canadian band, okay? And they've done very well for themselves. And for good a in reason. concert,
0: from what I understand.
1: But uh, I, yeah, well, I have a friend, Sidebar, I have a buddy who used to, like, in the early to mid-90s, used to try to drag me to the pyramid all the time. You got to come see this band Nickelback. They're awesome. And they'd play bands, or places like the Pyramid and the Junkyard. Anyway, but I think when I was, uh, so when Losing My Religion by R.E.M. was a uh, big song, and I'm just looking that up here. My Religion song. I think that was 1991. Um, oh, come on, Google. Oh, yeah, 1991. It came out in 91. So we drove, drove down to Grand Forks in the summer just for the day, and I remember buying the album, that contained that song, Out of Time, on cassette uh, somewhere in Columbia Mall. And I don't know, we were down there for just a few hours. I bought a tape and my sister bought something. I guess my dad picked up himself up something. And then we came back. It was just a quick day trip. But the real kicker was the border. On the way back, there was a strike. So it took like three hours oh. to get across the border. There were cars overheating all around us. We had to turn our car off and stand outside because it was stifling inside the car. And by the time like uh, we got close to, even close to the border, it was darkness. So at least it was a bit cooler because there was no sunlight. So it was, there was nothing really spectacular about that particular trip, but I, remember, I still remember getting the tape, and I remember standing in line and watching cars overheat around us, and it's kind of a neat little memory.
2: There's something almost anticlimactic about crossing the border. I don't know if you guys can remember the first time you did it, but now as a parent with kids, like, you, know, you felt like, we're going to go to the States, we're going to America. And then you cross that like, imaginary line, and you're in the States. They're like, where are we? We're like, United States. Looks just like Canada.
0: Yep. <laughs> They're so I, thick. I don't know. I still find it stressful crossing the border. I oh, just have to yeah. make sure everybody have your sunglasses off, take your hats off, roll down all the windows when we get to be, be, don't be overly friendly, but don't be grumpy <laughs> and all the different things that you think are going to tip them off into thinking that, Oh yeah, we need to uh, question these people uh, more. Right. You, you have eat- all these different strategies. You get close to the border. It's like you, you, you can't talk about anything. They might be listening. You know, like you just all the different things that go through your head. And then coming back, I think is even worse because even if you haven't, spent over your limit, you question your math, did i say that right? do they want to know canadian or us dollars? what about that pair of underwear i bought that i'm wearing right now? do i need to claim that? all the different no, questions no. That go he, through he the, your rip the tag off and get rid of it. <laughs> all the questions that go through your head. so uh, Loren, all that to say i don't find it anticlimactic at all. i still find crossing the border very stressful both ways.
2: i like there's relief when you get across yes. either way. <gasps> you would hate traveling with me because my husband pretty much Every time we cross, as soon as it's over, it kind of looks at me and is like, what is the matter with you? Like I lean in, I'm kind of looking at the guy weird and I'm looking back at my kids and I'm fidgeting and I'm answering too many questions. And I'm that person, I think I told you guys, trying to get into the States once when I was flying. He said, "Uh, do you have anything to declare? And I said, I had an egg for breakfast. And he's like, I don't care what you ate. Like, is anything on you? I get super nervous. So I hear you. You would hate traveling with me.
1: Have you ever been pulled over? Mm -hmm. Like pulled in for further Mm -hmm. questioning?
2: Yeah. In fact, when I went to the States, because I I used to go to the States to get back to university every fall in Ottawa. And my grandma would always send me with cookies or baked goods and that kind of thing. And I've been pulled over a couple of times and the car ripped apart because the dogs were, as soon as you say you've got cookies. (laughs) I, I don't even know why I'd mention them. But like I said, not good at the crossing. And the dogs had to come and they had to search through everything a few times now.
1: Yeah, I got pulled over once. So this was just the, the main border uh, on 75, and uh, we were heading down, I guess, probably f- to Red Lake Falls, and uh, or maybe this was one of the Lakers. Anyway, so my buddy and I, we, at the time I wore uh, – ga- I had gauged ears. He had gauged ears. That just means we had big, really big earrings and kind of spiky hair, and I guess we were like – of all of our buddies who all looked pretty straight-laced, we were the ones who looked – the weirdest i suppose so they singled us out and they pulled us in they were fine they were they were cordial and nice to us but i guess they of of the they had to to question somebody so let's get the guys with the spiky hair and the earrings and they pulled us in and they could t- i think they could tell we were both terrified cuz they started going through our stuff and asking questions and we were shaking i was shaking uh, so i think they kind of let us off cuz they knew like These guys are harmless. They just want to go drink some uh, Mike's Hard Cranberry Lemonade. (laughs) Go,
0: made in Canada, go to the States and and, and drink some Mike's Hard Lemonade and have some fun. November 1987, going to see you 2 in St. Paul, Minnesota, on the bus tour. And the Border Patrol gets on the bus. He says, okay, we're going to play a little game here. (laughs) And the questions come about who has tried this, who has done that, and nobody's putting up their hand to any of the questions. He goes, we're not doing very well here, folks. We can stay here an awful long time. You two's going on stage, with or without you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well done. Yeah,
0: so, um, and to my horrified uh, knowledge, found out that there were, in fact, some of the people that even got pulled in were packing things they shouldn't have been packing. Really? Yes. Oh. It's like, you could have ruined it for all of us, you
1: idiots. Oh, and they still got through. They still got through. Oh, man. I actually, just one one more quick thing. I remember crossing the border in Windsor, Ontario. That's the busiest mm-hmm. crossing in Canada. Like, Did you do the was, tunnel? Uh, no, we were above ground. We were uh, on, on the, the bridge. bridge yeah. And there were like 20 lanes. Yeah. And all the, the, the border guards going into the states, they were grumpy. But I think just because they were busy. And uh, the guy leans in, this big burly guy. IDs, passports. And he asks us one question, and then he turns around. He goes off running, and suddenly there's a swarm of border guards with machine guns, and there's dogs barking, and they grab some guy out of a car and throw him to the ground. And he just kind of looks back at us and says, Go. (laughs) We're like, Okay. (laughs) America ho. Tally ho. When it comes to North Dakota memories, we got so many great text messages at 204 780 6868. But here is our winner of the large two topping pizza from Santa Lucia, and it reads as follows When I turned 16 in 1988, I bought a bright orange 1979 Dodge Aspen RT. One of the first things I decided to do with my newfound freedom was to make a trip to Grand Forks by myself. Can't imagine my kids trying this now. It was much easier to cross the border back then, and I didn't even get a bunch of questions. When I arrived in Grand Forks, I was not even sure where anything was, so I drove to where I thought the mall was. I noticed a large truck really close behind me, and the first thing I thought of was, did I cut him off somewhere? I decided to make a bunch of turns to try to lose him, but no matter which way I went, he stayed behind me. I thought to myself that if this guy was going to do anything, I should go to a place that had a lot of people. After driving around all over the place, I finally found the mall, decided to park and make a quick run to the mall entrance. As I got out of the car and started my way to the door, I looked behind me, and this huge man had also parked and was now coming towards me. He started to yell to get my attention, and I thought, this is where I die. Since there were other people close, I turned to face him. He proceeds to ask me what size engine my car had, and if it was for sale. My heart had never pounded so much. Anyway, my car did not have the engine he was looking for, and he turned and walked away. I will never forget that day in Grand Forks. After that incident, I went straight
2: home. I didn't even go into the mall. (laughs) I went too. Oh, my Lord. That's good.
1: Great story, John. Congratulations. We'll be in touch to get you some pizza.